Pets are great at hiding when they are in pain. This makes it difficult for pet parents to know when they need to take their pet to see the vet. On today's episode, we will learn how to identify the signs that your pet is experiencing pain. Now let's get started with the Family Pet Podcast. Welcome into this week's episode of the Family Pet Podcast, a podcast for curious pet parents, where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. I'm your host, Michael Shirley, joined once again, reunited, and it feels so good. I missed you so much, brother. I missed you too, brother. Welcome in, Stephen. Howdy, Michael. Howdy, howdy. And we have another special guest. Yes, last week, MJ was my replacement. He did a pretty good job. He did a fantastic job. I listened and was very impressed, but this week we have a... Different. We have another Shirley, Shirley kid in, Mahala, my daughter Mahala, 11 years old, dog trainer extraordinaire. And I'm going to do a much fantasticer job than <laughs> well, well, not with your English. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome in, Mahala. Last week, we talked about taking your pet, when do you take your pet, and tips for taking your pet to the emergency vet. And this week's episode falls right in line with that. One of the things we talked about on the ER episode was how do you know when your pet needs to go to the ER? And one part of that is deciding, are they in a lot of pain? And pets are hard to read sometimes. And so we went and found an expert in pet pain identification and management, and I'm going to say resolution. Dr. Tamara Grubb, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's one of my favorite topics because pain causes so many negative effects on our pets, their behavior, their health, their quality of life. And the best way to fix that is to talk about pain. So pet owners know what to look for, as you've already said. And I can tell this is going to be a fun podcast. We are. We had some technical difficulties, so you got to hear us uh, under stress. <laughs> so we, we, got, we got connected. Uh, and we are really thankful for having you. Now, Dr. Shirley and I attended a continuing education conference a couple of weeks ago, and that's where I first met you. We haven't we've we've met once, and I was so impressed with your presentation about man, pain management and identification that after your presentation, I came up and, and spoke with you, and you were you jumped at the opportunity to join the Family Pet Podcast and talk to curious pet parents, people that want to do a better job of taking care of their pets. And you now you are a board certified anesthesiologist. Not, so you're a veterinarian, a board certified anesthesiologist, and a PhD. Like you must really like school. But what what is a board certified anesthesiologist? <laughs> I guess maybe I do like school, maybe too much. And I'm <laughs> glad you asked because it's another important point for pet parents in that just like in human medicine, there are a lot of specialists in veterinary medicine. So when your 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 doctor your your area veterinarian your local veterinarian needs more help more expertise they can send that animal your pet off to a an, a some board certified person so my board certification so I went through extra training uh, residency my board certification as you said is in anesthesia so I do anesthesia and fortunately pain management goes with that. And is, is yeah, because when I think of anesthesia, I just think about pets under under anesthesia in surgery. But you say that anesthesia is also it relates to pain medicine, pain management. Sorry. 
Right, absolutely. And and you're right. So the the actual anesthesia itself is when the pet's in surgery and you know, again, your local veterinarian can do most anesthesia that you need, but every now and then maybe your pet is sicker or is going to have a more advanced surgery, so they get sent somewhere like a university or a specialty hospital where I work. And the, the reason pain goes with it is because the pet is usually anesthetized for something that will be painful, right? It's usually a surgery. And so that's why pain management is also one of our focuses. And then along with that, we also work with patients in chronic pain, too. What is What makes it so hard for pet parents to identify when their pet is experiencing pain? Obviously, the pet can't just walk up to us and say, hey, dad, like my leg's hurting, you know. When, I've heard many times with four children, my stomach hurts, yeah. but I, my, my dog has never said that to me. <laughs> so outside of the fact that we can't speak to them, what makes it so hard for us to recognize pain and identify pain in our pets? Yeah, and you're right. We don't speak the same language. And part of it, unfortunately, the pet brings this on themselves because they want to hide pain. They do not want us to see pain. And the reason is because it's a really very, very strong evolutionary instinct. Just, just think back when the earth was first forming and the precursors, the ancestors of our dogs and our cats were walking around if they were going to survive, they had to not get eaten by a predator. And the way to do that was either run fast or hide. So the animals that survived, so our, the precursors, and then they kept getting closer and closer to our pet's age or where we're at with our pets, those were the ones that could really, really hide pain or were really fast. So it's this instinct. It's so strong to not show us pain because we might eat them right? That's never going to go away. So we have to find a way to A, speak their language. Like you said, it's not the same. And then B, identify signs of pain. Look for the signs of pain because they're not going to just show it. So you mentioned, Dr. Grubb, signs of pain. What, and, and, and is there a difference in the signs of pain bef- between a dog and a cat? But what are some of those signs? Oh, for sure. Dogs and cats are definitely different. Cats are even better at hiding pain. And there's also a difference between acute pain and chronic pain. So like you talked about how to know if your pet needs to go to the emergency room. With acute pain, they might vocalize or they might cry or a cat might growl. With chronic pain, they hardly ever do that. And so when people say, my pet's not crying, so it's not in pain, that's not necessarily true, but acute pain more likely. But whether it's acute or chronic pain, they also tend to hide. So if your dog is now hiding under the bed and it's usually right under your feet, something's wrong. It might be something besides pain, but definitely could be pain. That's so not normal. Reason. Yeah. Can we, right, right, not can we take a time out for just one second and identify or define acute what what does when you say acute pain what does that mean and when you say chronic pain what does that mean right very glad you asked so acute pain is more sudden pain so it is pain right now like what you might take your pet to the the emergency room for most of the time so like a traumatic injury they are painful right now chronic pain is ongoing pain 
more like arthritis, right? And arthritis is the most common cause of chronic pain in all animals, humans, and our dogs and cats. You were, I was Sorry, trying Michael. not to interrupt. I, was, I had a question, but I was, Stephen, you can't see Stephen, and, but he had a look on his face. He was puzzled or thinking. Well, you were, you were talking about the differences between a, a dog and a cat. And if I could just have you hone in on those two factors and why would they be different? And then just talk about, again, the signs uh, between each of those two species. Yeah, you bet. So dogs and cats. I mean, obviously are different. Any pet owner can tell you that, and including with pain. And we've said that both dogs and cats want to hide the pain from us because it's this strong survival instinct, but cats are even better at it than dogs. And if you just think about normal cat behavior, they tend to be less social than dogs. Um, I have some very social cats, but not all the time, like my dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. They you spend time in solitude. That doesn't bother them at all to be alone. So it's often harder for the owner to see that they might be hiding pain because they don't see the cat as often. And also dogs are, when they have like chronic pain like arthritis, they very often limp. So we can see the dog limping. Where cats move more vertically. They like to jump. So we have to watch for changes in mobility in the jump. Do they have trouble jumping up and jumping down? So there's both sociability and mobility differences in dogs and cats. Now, you are the, you are the president-elect of the International Veterinary Academy of Pain Management. That sounds like an organization that might have some resources for pet parents <laughs> to identify pain in their um, in their pets. Is that something that people could, like uh, pet owners can can go to uh, uh, and find free resources? Do you all have those types of things? Yes, we do. And if it's okay, I want to share with you a couple of other really good websites that are partners of, I'm going to shorten the International Veterinary Academy of Pain Management to IVATM.org. And I'm glad that you asked because I think you and I and Stephen and Mahalo would all agree there's a lot of misinformation on the internet. So we need our pet parents to go to where the science is so they really understand pain and pain management. And so our group is at IVAPM.org. And our biggest push for pet parent education is in September because in human medicine, September is Pain Awareness Month. So guess what September is in veterinary medicine? Mm-hmm. Pain management. Yeah, month. pain awareness month. Yeah, exactly. You're good at this. There's a couple of others. Do you mind if I share a few more? No, please oh, do. Absolutely. Steven's ready to put them in the show notes for our listeners to find. I'm taking notes. Excellent. So there's a lot of good ones, but I'm just giving you just a few to not overwhelm everyone. And uh I'm giving you a few that ha- giving you ones that have really good pet parent education because there's a lot of, of medical websites. But the first one is for cats, and it's called the Feline Musculoskeletal. <laughs> there's a mouthful, right? <laughs> feline Musculoskeletal Pain Index, and so the abbreviation is FMSP and I, or FMPI. I'm sorry, FMPI. 
And I think it might be fmpi.org. I didn't look up the actual address. We'll check that it out. Awesome. Stephen okay, will fact check you. it. <laughs> yeah, please. Please do. Lots of good information for both veterinarians and cat owners. There's two I want to share with you for dogs. The first one is Canine Arthritis Resources and Education, or CARE, C-A-R-E. And that's a website here in the U.S., again, with lots of pet parent info. And then the third one, also dogs, there's always more information on dogs and cats. This one is Canine Arthritis Management, or CAM, C-A-N. And that one's from the U.K. And the, all of the, for all of these, you can get information for free. And canine arthritis management also has a class that owners can take. That mm-hmm. was not free, but it's a class that owners can take all about pain in their pet and what to watch for and how to get help and lots of downloadable resources. And CARE also has a lot of newsletters and downloadable resources. And these are so, good research-based, peer-reviewed types of resources for pet parents. Exactly. These are all science-based. This isn't just somebody's opinion about how you might or might not identify pain or treat pain or what pain does to your pet. All science-based, but definitely pet parent focus. Um, you don't need to have my PhD to go to these websites. Not that my PhD, <laughs> it's not even in pain, so it might not help me at all. Earlier, you said that there were a lot of uh, false information online. What are some of these common myths? Oh, that is a great question. I'm very glad you asked that one. You know, it's still very common all over the Internet that animals don't even feel pain, right? You can see lots of websites websites that say that. when It's just science. They have the same pain physiology and same pain anatomy that humans have. So if humans feel pain, then animals feel pain. It's science. So that one's obviously very wrong. There's also a lot of misinformation about treatment. And people might recommend treatments that don't work at all, but you know, they tried it once or their grandmother used to use it or whatever. Or they might also say that treatments that your veterinarian has prescribed for you or for your pet, sorry, don't work or they're dangerous. And that, again, a lot of that on the Internet. And if you have a question, you should ask your veterinarian and not just trust those sites. And so those are, are very common, uh, th- th- very common misinformation that's out there. That's a great question. Once we identify that our pet is in pain, what do we need to do? Another great question. <laughs> if your pet is in pain, you need to call your veterinarian right away. Right? That's the only person that can help your pet, just like you would call your own doctor if you were in pain. Or if not, if not call, then go. Go to your veterinarian's office or, like you guys learned last week, go to the emergency room. There are a lot of pain specialists in the emergency room. So w- when we look at – now, you you actually spoke about some new um, medications and treatments that are available for cats. Um, so we're real excited about that. Family Pet Health is carrying those, and people maybe you could talk a little bit about that. And But what are some of the options once we've identified – that our pet was in pain, we've gone to the vet. What are some things that they might, that the veterinarian might suggest to us for uh, maybe the most common types of uh, acute and chronic pains? Yeah, you know, the good thing is because the physiology and the anatomy is all similar between animals and humans as far as pain goes, 
it's going to be a lot of the things that you could expect for yourself. So if it's an acute pain, like an injury, um, probably come home with some medications and pain medications. And then maybe other things like limited exercise, like don't overuse that painful area. Maybe things like icing, if it's a, put some ice on a, an incision or a wound. And I, I want to, with the medications, whether it's acute or chronic pain, I want to make a big push. And you guys, I'm sure, would agree with me. If your veterinarian prescribes medication, please give it. All the all the way through all till the it. end. Yes, the full cycle. Did you? He's hurt yeah. again. Did you finish your medications? No, I still have half of them. But he was doing so much better. <laughs> right. Well, you know, obviously we've all heard that so many times. And okay, maybe as a human, sometimes you don't take all of your med- medication, but that's on you, right? Mm-hmm. Your fault. You deal with it. Our pets are depending on us to be smarter than that. So let's be smarter than that. And whatever drug it is, and especially pain drugs, because we just talked about, the four of us, that animals are really good at hiding pain. So just because you think they're better doesn't mean they are better. So give them their meds and make sure they really are better because your veterinarian is giving the drugs for a duration that he or she expects the pain to last based on knowledge Mm -hmm. or the infection to last or or whatever they're on drugs for. So, again, for acute pain, yes, some drugs. Uh, Again, maybe decreased exercise for a while, maybe some ice. For chronic pain, the same thing. You're often going to have some drugs to give to your pet, and it may be for the rest of your pet's life. And I don't know about you guys, but I've had some people say, I don't want to give him medication for his whole life. And I say, but pain is going to last his whole life. Mm -hmm. So you're matching the disease, which in this case is pain. And then along with the pain medication, maybe this time the prescription is for increased exercise. For acute pain, it's often more rest. But for chronic pain, I hope none of your listeners have arthritis. But if they do, they know what we're saying. Like it feels better to get out and move around and keep those muscles strong. And also, there may be things like diet changes. Maybe the nutrition needs to be different to keep, again, those muscles strong and the the joint healthy. And also, with chronic pain, sometimes with acute pain, but more with chronic pain, we start reaching for non-drug treatments like massage or acupuncture. And those can all be used together to really support your pet. Here's the deal. With chronic anything, you got. I'm sure I know you've, you've experienced it very often. With chronic anything, whether it's pain or skin disease or intestinal disease, it's harder to treat. Mm-hmm. So just expect with chronic pain, you have to be a bigger pet parent superhero and make sure you're giving that pet its medications and its new diet and its exercise or whatever was prescribed. But again very similar to what would be prescribed for us from our medical doctor. So you said that a couple of times that the physiology, the anatomy is is somewhat similar. Is it okay to give my pet something like my Tylenol that I have at home? Ibuprofen, all the good stuff we hear, right? My my (laughs) pain meds, the opioids that sent home from my surgery three years ago that I never used. Can I just use some of that stuff? 
obviously we've all heard that too, haven't we? <laughs> and the answer, of course, I know you're sitting, yeah. The answer is an emphatic no. Because even though the nerves that cause pain are the same and the places in the brain that the, the brain recognizes pain are the same, the pharmacology of the drugs is not the same. So, for instance, and I, I'm sure most pet parents know this, but just as a big example, acetaminophen kills cats. Science, not misinformation on the Internet. And so we need to make sure always, always, that the drug is prescribed for that pet by a veterinarian. It really needs to be pet-specific and um, the, the right pet, the right drug. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I feel like we've uh, we've talked about how to identify pain in our pets, the fact that they hide pain very well. Um, we gave a, people some resources to find uh, uh, how to how to identify pain in their pets. We talked about what we do once we have identified that. We're going to go to the vet, not just because this is the Family Pet Podcast sponsored by a veterinary office, but because that's what we need to do. These these folks, the professionals have gone to, to extensive trainings and, and education to know about what what is appropriate for pets. They're going to give you a treatment. You need to follow that through to the end and then reevaluate, I guess is the last part. So wh- when you said some, some treatments are, are for a limited duration and others are perhaps for the rest of the life, but um, people just need to talk with their vet about what, what the expectations are, I suppose. Right. Absolutely. And you know, that's, that's good advice, whether it's human medicine or veterinary medicine, ask questions. We, I know what I want to tell you as a veterinarian, but I don't know what you need to know or what your background is or, or what you've seen in your pet. Right. So ask questions, Mm -hmm. converse with your veterinarian and you're right. It's going to be different durations, just like for humans. And if your pet has a recheck appointment, please go. Because, again, they're hiding pain from you, and you won't know unless you check back in with that veterinarian. We know when we're in pain again. Or as humans, our, our family members can tell us when they're in pain again. But like you started out this podcast, our animals don't tell us in that way. So any change in behavior or change in mobility should make you take that pet to the veterinarian. And it may not be pain. Maybe it's something else. Mm -hmm. It's likely pain. It could be something else that you should go. And then make those follow-up appointments because those rechecks, as you just mentioned, that's as big a part of controlling your pet's quality of life by decreasing its pain as that initial diagnosis. And a happy pet makes a more fun pet to have in the house and around your family. Oh, Mahalo's That's nodding right. her head. <laughs> yeah, and we should actually make a, a quick shout out for that because, you know, there's this thing called a human-animal bond. We are bonded to our pet. And when your pet is in pain and hiding under the bed or trying to bite you when you pick it up, that's not so good for your human-animal bond. Right. And we all want that bond. I mean, as pet lovers, we want that bond. As veterinarians, we want that bond. Our pets want the bond. So, yeah, a painful pet's really not a great pet. I just had a question. What if your pet seems happy, but they seem like they're in pain, like they're limping, but they're still, like, playing? Ooh, another great question. They'll try to fool you, right? They're (laughs) trying to hide that pain, so it's like, hey, I'd like to go play ball, but I can only use three legs. 
Okay, if you're only using three legs, they're painful. So always listen to your instinct about that. I think my pet is in pain. Trust yourself. No matter what they're showing you otherwise, if they're doing something that looks painful, definitely take them into the veterinarian because it probably is pain and they're just trying so hard not to show you. And please you, right? Mahala just has a new puppy that she's using for agility and they definitely have a strong bond and that puppy loves doing everything. Even if she's hurt, she still wants to play for she's sure. She's still limping. Yeah, still limping. So. Well, thank you, Dr. Grubb, for... Oh, thank you for joining us on the Family Pit Podcast. It's time for the part of our show. Ooh, the special time, special time. Uh, this is our fun fact of each episode. This is the fact that we can share with our curious pet parents that would help them win trivia night at the local bar or impre- impress their friends and family at the upcoming Thanksgiving dinner. So do you have a fun fact for us? Yeah, I do. And I'm going to ask it in the form of a question if you're trying to win the trivia game. Oh. So here it is. Oh, it's on. Is the pain scale that's used to identify pain in human infants the same pain scale used to identify pain in cats? Yes or no? No. No. You said no twice. (laughs) I'm going to say yes. I'm going yes. Oh, yeah. um, I'm sorry. It's a yes. So the, the guys win trivia. But just a really quick reason why it works is because in human infants who also cannot express pain, right, they can't say it out loud, when they are in pain, and just think about it, if you were in pain, you might really squint your eyes, right, hold them really tightly shut, and you might kind of grind your teeth together, and that makes your muscles around your jaw and your cheeks change, and that, that can be identified as pain in human infants. It's called the facial scale or grimace scale, and so a feline Grimace scale has been research approved, not research approved, research proven to indicate pain in cats. So it is that same facial grimace scale. And there's actually an app for it. You can look up the feline grimace scale and get an app to put on your phone. Cat. Dogs, That's cool. So like, like you take a picture yeah. of your cat's face and it tells you, yeah. is it that? Is it like that? Or is it just? Yes, it is. It is. It's not a hundred percent fantastic, but it is. They're still working on it, right? There's yeah. always a new generation. So everybody, uh, upload some pictures of your cats. Our cat owners. We we. I feel this. I'm also. I'm really excited about that for our cat owners. This is a, for, a resource for cat owners who feel neglected a lot. I yeah, exactly. That's really cool, but my uncle's never going to let it go that he was right and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> She's holding on to this. I was, while you were talking, You're Dr. Grubb, I was, I was pointing at Mahala and Rubby. He's going, ooh, ooh. And I was right. She was wrong. Well, Dr. Grubb, thank you again for joining us on the Family Pet Podcast to talk about pain and, most importantly, how we can identify and alleviate that in our pets. So thank you again for joining us and, and enlightening our curious pet parents out there. Thanks for having me. Again, it's such an important topic to talk about, so I really appreciate the chance to do that. And and what a great fun it was. Nice to be with you guys. Well, thanks for hanging in there Thank with you. us. And anytime you, if you come up with something new that you want to share with the world, call us. We'll get you back on the podcast. Excellent. I'll be back. For all you listeners out there, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Family Pet Podcast. And until next time, stay curious. The Family Pet is a podcast for curious pet parents where we believe that the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. 
The Family Pet is a production of Family Pet Health, PLLC, and recorded in the studios of Spread the Positive Productions in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The statements made as a part of this show should not be taken as an establishment of any form of a veterinary client-patient relationship. All comments are for entertainment and educational purposes only. You should reach out to your local veterinary partner before taking any action on the things that you've heard here today. We hope that you will share this podcast with a friend, and it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Show notes, links, and videos to accompany today's show can be found at thefamilypetpodcast.com. Oh.